0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Within Her Soul podcast. I'm Jordan. And I'm Sydney. And we are two Jesus-loving women who have a lot to say about living as Christians in this modern day world. We deep dive into tough-to-talk-about topics that we know you're battling with. We expose all things, relationships, soul care, sex, healing from your past, and more. We give practical advice in these areas, but also share comedic stories of our own lessons learned and normalize what being a Christian woman in today's society is really like. So buckle up, friend. It's going to get real, real quick. Welcome back to the Within Her Soul podcast. Y'all, I am so excited because I have a special guest with us today. It's just me today. Sid will be back next week. Um, I know we just finished part one of just understanding God's will. And so before we go into part two, I have Kelsey Thornton here with me and we're just gonna deep dive really just about, well, what happens when the will is in our way? You know, what happens when we're dealt the deck of cards that we really don't want. What do we do when we feel like God's not listening or he's, you know, things just truly aren't going our way. And we've received so many DMS about just what to do in these moments. And so I just feel like Kelsey is someone who I've personally not only gotten to work with, but she's just mentored and poured into my life. And y'all Kelsey is a hoot. She will ask you the hard questions. (laughs) She will drive into you and allow you to kind of just really, get through these hard seasons and see that there's always goodness in them. And there's always a lesson in them. And Mm. so I am so excited just to get to share y'all, uh, share a little bit of her with y'all because you guys are going to be obsessed with her. So Kelsey, if you'd love to just kind of introduce yourself and we'll get, we'll get started.
1: Wow, Jordan, that was so nice! Hi, guys. Um, I feel super honored to be on here. My name is Kelsey Thornton, and um, before anything else, I am a Jesus lover. Um, and I have learned over the years that that has to be the most important part of my identity, or sometimes um, worldly desires can take over. So first before anything else, that's, that's who I am. I am also a wife, um, uh, almost nine years, which is crazy. And a mom, I have two little ones they're getting big, but they're, they're still little. Um, they are seven and six and we, um, just, we just love Jesus and we love life and we fully believe in doing life, um, full on a hundred percent. And knowing that, that, that Jesus will give us energy to, to meet whatever it is he's called us to. And so, um, I am just so honored to be on here. I, Work. It's I do a hodgepodge of things. It's kind of like a smorgasbord of everything a little bit. Um, do some social media marketing. I help other people with their social media, and also um, recently, I just wrote my first book, which is crazy to say out loud. Um, becoming an author was something I had thought about that God had put on my heart a while ago, but um, finally saying it and seeing the finished product feels. Like a long time coming, but also feels like, how did that even happen? So I'm just super honored to be on here. And um, I love you, Jordan, and thanks for having me.
0: Yes. And y'all, just so you guys know, I have, like I said, I've been able to work with Kelsey and just watching her heart be poured into her work. It really is inspiring because you guys have heard my testimony with really trying to figure out who I am in my work and what that looks like. And she has taught me so much about it's not always about being in the spotlight, it's not always about, you know, getting the dream that you want right away and I have learned that most with her and I'm excited to kind of show you guys that God's God's will and his path for you will always be better than your own and she is the perfect testimony for this. So Kelsey, let's kind of go into your faith and just kind of share if you want to share a little bit about the struggles you've gone through, um, what Jesus has really been working in your life lately. This is really just going to be an open table conversation about what it's actually like to live a season in your life that really isn't going your way or you feel rejected or you feel unheard or that your prayers aren't being answered if you just want to kind of share a little bit about that
1: so i think i think that one of the biggest lessons jesus is teaching me right now is knowing that that suffering is a gift mm. and I think when I first, um, was diving into Christianity. So a little bit about my, about my background is I grew up Catholic. I went to a Catholic grade school and I'll go to Catholic high school and I knew of Jesus, but knowing him and having a relationship with him, it was more a, a, like a fear driven relationship, one of Mm -hmm. shame and guilt and, um, feeling a lot of condemnation of not being good enough. And knowing and feeling like I can't ever do anything good enough for God. And while we can never earn Jesus's love, he loves us just as we are. And so I think for me really resting in that, but also resting in just because I do have a relationship with Jesus doesn't mean that everything in my life is now going to all of a sudden be the way that Kelsey wants it to be. It's wow. going to be what's best for Kelsey, but it's not always going to feel that way to me. Um, and so that, that understanding a little bit more of how refining being a Christian is like, I, I think if I would have known what, what being a Christian <laughs> meant, I probably would have never become a Christian because of the, the, the process of the pain and when knowing what I know now of just having to kind of suffer well right. Yeah. And, and yeah. learning how to suffer well. And it doesn't mean like physical pain. It's just emotional and, and unlearning a lot of things and, and not being the exact way you want it to and being patient. Like that is me and Jesus go at patience a lot. Um, and, and also really embracing the caterpillar seasons, like when you're in the cocoon, right. Yeah. Like when you know that you have a butterfly within you, but not everybody sees it yet. Those are really hard, but I think what Jesus has showed me and my trust that we've built over the last year, the, I don't know, 10 years, I would say is that every blessing in your life will, will kind of, there'll be a season of that. And then there'll be a season of struggle yeah. and they both end. Yeah. right and, it, and that's okay. and so trusting that like after this struggle there will be a blessing and after the blessing there will be a struggle. so we have to enjoy the blessing and we have to bear the struggle. and yeah. so I think that those are, are kind of some things for me um when I think back on the season right now, I feel like I've been in caterpillar mode, right like i've I've kind of been used to being in the spotlight and used to having a lot of um, eyes on me and what Jesus has taught me in this season is that it was too much about me. He wants me to have the spotlight, but he doesn't want me to have the spotlight for Kelsey. He wants me to have the spotlight so he can get the glory. And so working on my heart and refining my heart and checking my heart and me learning how to kind of do that for myself and not having him having to like come and smack me on my head or take something away just because I can't handle it. And so, um, I know I'm rambling, but one of the things that, that I've always prayed is Jesus don't bless me beyond what my character can sustain. Hmm. So if I can't handle this blessing, then don't give it to me because I want to be a good steward of my blessings, but that is a very honest and refining prayer because then you have no blessing sometimes. And you're like, well, guess my character's got to grow, right? Guess I've got to grow my character. And, um, I kind of have just taken extreme ownership in that of if there aren't, you know, the, the things that I want, what is God trying to teach me through that?
0: Yeah. Well, and I think it's a good thing to say too. Like, I think sometimes we forget how much Jesus actually suffered, like mm-hmm. in, in even obviously on the cross, but before the cross, like before right. the ultimate sacrifice. And I think sometimes we're like, God must not like me or hate me because of how much I'm suffering. But I think we forget
1: we're that. We're the- mad at me.
0: Yes, he's mad at me. I've done something wrong. I've, you know, what did I do to deserve this and all these things? And one of the best things I've ever heard and I think I might have shared this on the episode on grief that the people who have suffered the most are the are truly the most like Jesus because they understand and can give compassion and can help others in other people's seasons of life because you've lived them yourself. So if you were one without suffering, it's really hard to have this compassion and love and insight and perspective on the world so truly it sometimes it is hard to be like in the season but just like Kelsey said there's always a lesson behind it and sometimes the lesson is that you're going to go and impact so many other people who are going to go through this season as well and I've seen that in like losing a father at a really young age I've ministered to a lot of women who have lost their father and for whatever reason I'm the first person they think of. Because I've been so open about that. So it's like sometimes you don't even know what God's gonna do in your life in years to come because mm-hmm. of this season that you are complaining so hard over. Because that's, I know that's the first thing I do. I'm like complaining to everyone who will listen about how hard my life is. Yep. So that's definitely a character trait that the Lord has been working on in me for sure.
1: And one thing too, understanding like that we can still, as Christians, God can handle our pain. Like, I think I would struggle to, I only wanted to go to God. Like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And when I was happier, when I was feeling good or when blessings were coming, but I struggled to go to him in the harder seasons because I almost felt like, well, he doesn't want to hear from me because I'm real mad at him and he doesn't want to hear what I have to say, but understanding that God can really handle that. And do you think he doesn't already know? Like, like, do you think he doesn't already know how you're feeling? And like you said about losing your dad, right? That is never going to be good, right? That's never going to be something that's good. And I was talking to somebody else and we were talking about fertilizer and crap. And like, (laughs) I'm here on on a trip in South Carolina. And my friend was telling me that her soil isn't good, but she has a a family member whose soil is really good, but it was really good because it used to be a horse farm and there used to be a lot of soil. I mean, um, horse poop on it. And I was, we were just kind of talking about it and it made me think about horse poop is still horse poop. Like it still stinks. It's still poop. Like nobody really wants to hold it in their hand. There's still flies swarming around it, but, and then, so it will never turn into something that you want to make a milkshake out of, right? It's never going to turn into something that you want. You're never going to. To want that to like smell or it's like potpourri yeah. or something, but it's all it can still be produce something good, right? Yeah. And it produces good soil so that something can grow out of that. And so sometimes suffering is the production of the good soil, right? It's like, it's not good. The horse poop is not good anyways, but it can produce something good. And so when people, you know, say the scripture and it's almost like this churchy thing, like, Oh girl, well, everything will work out. Everything will work together for your good. And if you've ever experienced deep pain or experienced a stage of your life where you're like, nobody understands. And somebody says that to you, you just want to hit them over the head. Like you want to be like, bro, you do not get what I'm going through. Have you ever suffered? Because what good could ever come out of it? And you're thinking like, this could never be good. And you're right. Like losing your dad isn't good, but it can, pr- it produced. So such- such perseverance in your character. It produced such compassion in your character. And so while that's never good, and that's always going to be a bad thing that he passed away at such a young age, because there's so much pain that comes with that, what it produced can still be something good. And so I, I know from suffering in my life that even with, I'm epileptic. So I have seizures and, and struggling with that and being like, what do you need this for Jesus? Like, what do you, well, how, what good can you do? I mean, I know you can do good, but what good can you bring out of this? What good is ever going to come out of me having a seizure, but it's really not me having a seizure. It's what that does to my character and what compassion that gives me. The seizure will never be good, but what it produces in me can be good.
0: Mm, And that's so good. And y'all, we, if you listened to last week's episode, we shared Romans 8, 28. And that is, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. And for those who are called according to his purpose. And so sometimes I do even myself, when bad things happen to me, I'm like, God, why are you letting this happen? You know, what, why would you do this? But there's, we live in a fallen world you know, we are going to experience bad because that is, we live here on earth and we're not in heaven, unfortunately, right? Yet. And so, but what he does do because he's such a loving father is he'll take those seasons that don't quite make sense. And he's already preparing a way for you to see some type of light in it because that's just who God is. And so I 1000% believe that whatever season you are in, if you can try to just be that, Separate perspective, try to get out of the pain of it or the emotional side of it, because we're human, you're going to get you're going to live there and you are okay to live there for feel what you need to feel. But also, I encourage you and I know Kelsey would have said this too, but like, encourage yourself to just take a second and say, God, what's coming? What do I need to learn from this? What is, what could I possibly grow in this season? Because once you get to that place, you do, you see things a little differently. You, you feel things a little bit more differently and you are growing your relationship with Christ y'all this past year has been the hardest year of my entire life. Even going alongside of saying a lot, like losing my dad, you know, at such a young age, it was the hardest year of my life yet. I have never been closer to God, but the suffering has been so horrible. So it it just shows you that God is so close to you, you know, in your highs and in your lows, you know, on your mountaintops and the valleys. And so it's just, it's good stuff to, to tune in and try and get on that outside perspective and just start talking to him, talk to him, angry, talk to him in sorrow, talk to him and rejoice, you know? And so, yeah, I kind of want to go in and ask you, you know, what would you say to someone that's like, I'm really trying, like, I'm trying to obey. I'm trying to read my Bible. I'm trying to stay close, but I'm just, I I just don't know how to do that. I don't know how to keep it consistent.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good question. And to be honest, I think if anybody said they didn't struggle with that, it would be lie. okay. First thing that I would say is you aren't alone. And so knowing that God doesn't expect you to be perfect in your daily obedience, he expects your heart to be pure. And I think that he orchestrated our life. And so he knows that things are going to happen. Things are going to come up and he wants your heart posture to be right more than your actions. Because I think that some people can do all the right actions, but their heart posture is not right. They're just doing it to check the box. And so understanding that Okay, dang, I missed I missed my my daily Bible time this morning because I overslept, you know, my kids are sick or whatever the case might be. All we can name a million different reasons. But my heart is pure. And when I'm on this drive, I'm just gonna pray to Jesus and I'm just gonna see it because I'm craving that connection with him, right? So it doesn't have to look like you have the, you know, the scrappiest Bible because you've read it so many times. Like I Jesus does not care what your Bible looks like, he cares what your heart looks like. And I think that in Christian culture, it can get kind of sticky because people want to hold up their Bible and say like, Oh, I'm reading and look how worn the pages are because they kind of want to show off how, how much they're, they're spending that time. And yes, that's important, but it's also quality too the quality of the time, the pureness of the time. Um, because yes, I can have a lunch scheduled with a friend every single day of the week, but What if I'm not opening up to her about those things, but I have one friend that I connect with once a month and I'm not saying you should connect with Jesus once a month. I'm just using this as an example. I have one friend that I connect with once a month, but when we connect, man, it's like four hours of intense conversation and it's just so good and deep and soul refreshing. And that person knows more things about me than the friend that I go to lunch with every day. And so that's just an example of, it's so much about what your heart is it, when it comes to your relationship with Jesus. So maybe the thing is, is you're putting so much pressure on yourself and trying so hard where Jesus is like, I don't, I just want you to like, you would be in pursuit of me and not in pursuit of what you think it looks like. Because my relationship is going to, what Jesus is going to look different than what Jordan's relationship with Jesus looks like and he's going to love us the same, but the ways he loves us is different. Right. And the ways he cares for us are different. And so I think that, um, kind of taking that pressure off is a huge thing to make that relationship with him feel much more authentic because Um, if you are doing that every single day and you're trying and you're trying and you're trying, maybe you're not letting your guard down enough for, to get to those spots where you really connect with him. Because it, for me, it's almost like if I don't spend that time, I, I don't really love who I am. Like, if I'm just being honest, like I just don't, I start getting like more anxious and I start getting more irritated and I start not, it's almost like I just need to realign myself and realign my mental. And it's not. I don't even have a box myself of like daily scripture time. Like, do I do that daily? Yes, but I don't want to put that pressure on myself because I don't operate great like that. And then I feel like it becomes just another box that I have to check, like doing the dishes or cleaning yeah. the laundry. Or, and, and I want it to be more like, Jesus, I'm so excited to be in your presence. Not like, oh, do I have five more minutes? You know, type of thing. Um, But Jesus, I'm coming to you because I'm ready to come to you. And so just pray. I I would say take some pressure off. And then the second thing is pray. Pray and just ask God to let his presence fill your heart. And there's a a new song out called Kingdom by Maverick City. And it says, you know, what what does heaven look like? What does heaven look like? And it looks like me and you. But sometimes I think we try to make it feel like gosh, we can't have heaven on earth because this word world is so broken. And that's true. But we also have a lot of really awesome people. And we also have a lot of really great blessings. And so it doesn't have to be perfect. Like that, that illusion is so, it's so tainting. Um, to what an authentic relationship with Jesus looks like. And so I think that that would be, that would be kind of one direction that I would take it. If somebody said, I'm really trying, I'm really trying, but I just feel like, and it's like, maybe you're just trying too hard (laughs) because it really shouldn't be that hard. Um, but I think another thing is, is comparison jumps in there a ton when, when we're talking about trying to have that relationship, because God will refine your heart. Listen, you do not have to worry about that when you start praying. And when you start connecting with him, he's going to refine it. And so maybe what you're also experiencing is not, you don't like, you feel like you're not getting anywhere, but maybe what is getting there? Like reframe what is getting there? Like you just showing up and you having that effort of trying you're better off than you were before you were doing that. And so it's not, it's not always going to feel good. You know, it's like marriage. Like it's not always going to be like this, this fluid thing where there's beds of roses and there's, and it's always fun and it's always, but the reality is you're always fighting for it. And Mm -hmm. as long as you stay committed to that, um, you know, I think it's just like anything else. I always tell people like I'll my husband were joking this morning because I was trying to get something and I couldn't reach it. I couldn't reach it. And I was like, I finally got it. And I just looked at him and I said, persistence, persistence beats resistance. And, and it's so true because those times where it doesn't feel natural or do, you don't feel like Jesus is coming, your presence is flooding you it, as easy as maybe it has before, or as easy it looks to somebody else, your persistence will always be that resistance.
0: Mm, that's so good. And we can go into this as well. Like. She, y'all, she just wrote a book that really, I mean, I could literally quote probably 80 things that she just said. I'm like, wow, that's so good. That's so good. That's so good. But Like she just wrote this book and it's called The Bold Life. And everything that we're talking about right now, really, this book is helping you format one, there's a lot of compassion, just a lot of her just meeting you where you're at. I've had the honor of reading it, and it is honestly one of the best books I've ever read. Um, but she meets Don't you where make you me at. cry. Okay. No, I'm Don't serious. But I'm, I'm so serious. But it also gives you action. And I think the action part is really hard because in a world that tells you just to give up and that you can't ever be enough. But you also said something so beautiful, and it's like, who's actually saying that? You know, like we are surrounded by so many people who want to see you win. And if you haven't heard that lately, well, you have two people right now that are saying we want to see you win. And I'll add in Jesus in there for you because he wants to see you win. And I think sometimes we get in this place of comparison and like we see our seasons and we are just like, my time will never come. I can't even express how often I had cried to Jesus about that. Like my time will never come. And there's been so many moments where he's like, I'm, I'm waiting. To give it to you because one, maybe my character wasn't ready, but also because if I would have received it when I did, it wouldn't have been as special, you know, it's like, do you want the, the normal party that was rushed and not planned? Or do you want the surprise party where people held it for weeks and months and have been planning it? You know, it's just, sometimes there's a lot of intention and love that comes with waiting over time. And so I kind of want to go into a bit, little bit about your book and just the challenges of, being told by God to write this book. And then also being like, you're also going to bring a lot of people closer to me through this book and kind of what that looks like for you. So if you want to share a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, no. And thank you for saying all those kind things. You're so sweet. Um, And I think writing a book was like a retirement plan in my head. (laughs) I was like, oh, like, I'll do that. That'll be a fun project. Like write a book on the beach. Like, you know, when, when, when I'm older, um, my life is so crazy right now with, with kids and there are millions of activities. And my husband, he has a really busy, he's like an executive. And so I think that there's always a reason why you can't, but there just has to be one really good reason why you can. And sometimes obedience can feel, heavy. It can feel like it's straining and it can feel almost like my desire isn't there, Lord, help, help this desire. Uh, my desires align with yours because sometimes saying no to Jesus is easier, but it doesn't mean it's better. Right. And, um, I wrote in my book that like the dream never leaves you. It literally <laughs> follows you around and it will be so persistent. And you're finally just like, okay. Um, and it starts really small to where you accept like a little bit of it. Like I kind of accepted Jesus. Okay. I know you're calling me to write a book. I've always really liked reading. Um, I've always gotten so much from books, both spiritually, obviously the Bible is um, the the love letter that Jesus and and God left for us. And I think books grew me so much that I felt very compelled to give back to that. Right. Because it, it changed who I was as a person. And knowing that I could have that impact on somebody's life through the words that Jesus gave me always inspired me. I did not think it would be when it was. And in fact, um, we kind of wrestled and went back and forth. I was like retirement plan. And he was like sooner. And I was like, no. And he was like, yes. And so I think, I'm okay with admitting that because that's just the truth. And I want anybody to know, like, if you're struggling with something that Jesus has placed on your heart, he's patient with it. Mm -hmm. He's patient with it. But when he says go, it will often feel like the worst time. Like go, like, didn't you just see what just happened? Like, like, didn't you see that my light is red, but that might be the exact reason you need to go. And Mm so I said, yes. Um and not know not knowing, kind of blindfolded to be honest. And I love the analogy of a blindfold. Um, because I was talking to a friend and it's like when you are blindfolded, like let's say you're trying to hit a pinata, you can still see your feet, mm. but you just can't see way out in front of you, but you can still see one step. And that's so intentional. If you feel blindfolded right now in your life, it's so intentional because he doesn't want you to see 17 steps ahead. He doesn't ask you to understand what's going to happen 17 steps ahead. He's just asking you to take that one next step. And for me, my one next step was, okay, I'm going to research some of this. And then I I hired a book coach, um, who really helped me birth my book. Um, and because it was, you guys, it was a thought. Like it wasn't, there were was zero words written on a piece of paper. It was just a thought. And I have always really loved self-development books. Um, and in the business I was in, they were kind of pushed a lot, but I was also growing my relationship with Jesus simultaneously and was just had this hunger for spiritual knowledge. And so I felt like I was always compelled. I had to do my self-development and then I had to do my spiritual development. And finally, Um, Jesus just put it on my heart. Like, I need you to bridge that gap. I need you to bridge that gap because spiritual principles and like self-help and personal growth were never meant to be separated. Mm -hmm. And if we really think about it, the best self-development book we've all ever read has been the Bible, right? And most of the, even if the book that I read, like one of my favorite books is secrets of the millionaire mind. And I love that book. However, it's not a spiritual book, but it's all based on spiritual principles. Like it's not like, there's not like a scripture tied to it, but I can go back and correlate a scripture to that book because it's all spiritual principles. And so, um, knowing that and just helping people see that, that business and in, in, is not meant to be separated from Jesus and life isn't meant to be separated from Jesus and parenting isn't meant to be separated from Jesus and relationships aren't meant to be separated from Jesus and leadership isn't meant to be separated from Jesus. He's supposed to be present in all of those areas. So how do we do that? Um, and so that was kind of my, my, my focus, but I'm so glad he blindfolded me because if you would have told me all the work that went into, um, writing, editing, uh, designing a book, I would have been like, girl, I'll do that in retirement for sure. Um, but I do think that I read this in a book one time, delayed obedience is disobedience. Mm -hmm. And I I was convicted and I was just like, okay, okay, I'm going to see what happens. And you know, when you kind of like just dab your toe in the water and you're like, okay, I'll commit. But the first thing that goes wrong, I'm just going to say, God, God told me not see, see, this is a sign. I'm not really supposed to do it. I heard him wrong. Um, but I never got released from it Yeah, and and it was very persistent and there was never a time where I felt back. Like there was a lot of things that happened where I could have said that was a sign. But I never like felt directly I'm saying that means you should give up.
0: Yeah,
1: it was like it's going to be hard, and hard hard actually means like you're on the right path. Yeah, and and that's hard.
0: You maybe just think of the story of Jonah and how like he went to the wrong city, and God's like you're supposed to go to that city. Gets swallowed by a whale. The whale literally (laughs) flops him out into the city he's supposed to be in, and it's just it shows you like you said, and I'll take this probably with me for the rest of my life. But like Jesus is still patient with us. He's not like I'm done with you. You know, he's not like, okay, you're not listening by, you know, like he's like, okay, do we need some more time? Okay, well, let's work some, let's work on your character while we're here. You know, let's see how much we can get you to trust me. Let's see how, how much I can show you how much I love you and how qualified you actually are through me, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I just think that's beautiful to see that you had this blindfold on. You're really just taking one little step at a time. And now your book is literally launching today. Like if you're listening it's (laughs) like. Her book literally launched today. And oh so my God. I know it's so exciting. And so to kind of see all of that happening right before you, that's when those moments happen where you see all the seasons and y'all, this really is encouragement to you. And you might not even think like writing a book is for you. You know, it's not about the book, but we didn't even have time to go into this. Kelsey's life wasn't just this piece of cake all the way up to this. Mm-hmm. Still isn't, you know, like poor thing had a seizure last few weeks ago in the midst of all this, like she's still living in these seasons that are still confusing. And I think with the world of social media and the world of, you know, only showing our highlight reel, like it really is easy to think that your season is the only one that sucks. And it's so not true. And I cannot encourage you guys to read The Bold Life more than I am literally trying to express to you right now, because it will allow you to get up. It will allow you to finally stop sitting in this place of feeling. And I hate to say it in this way, but like, not like, you know, sorry for yourself, but in that desperation, like in the sorrow of it Mm -hmm. and allow you to feel that, but then actually give you practical ways to, to really go after this life that God truly calls us to live, you Mm -hmm. know, in abundance and not just abundance and wealth, but abundance and joy and contentment and knowing that you are fulfilling the will for your life because truly that is what's going to, that's, what's going to fill your heart with joy. When you know that you're walking in the path that God's led you on, it aligns perfectly. You feel at peace. There's less anxiousness around your life. And that is what God truly is calling us to live.
1: And I think it's so important to clarify like exactly what you're saying and just dig deeper on that, because that is so true. Like you will have a peace, but you won't always feel like comfortable. And yes. I think that people think that the joy means we can only have joy when we're on vacation, or we can only have joy when we're at the beach and we're holding a, a drink in our hand. Like the, like culture has painted this image, but there is so you can have joy in suffering. Like there is a piece that surpasses understanding. Like you said, this year was one of the hardest years of your life from, if you were looking back over the years, just if you had to make a list of all the things that kind of sucked that in your life, you probably would have a longer list this year than you'd had in previous years, but there was a piece that surpassed all understanding that you didn't have before because of the relationship that you had. And so it's not as much about the external things and the external circumstances. Now, listen, I'm not saying it's going to be easy. And I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying like, Oh, that means that we're, we're ready to, to just be positive. Like the more positive you are, the more success you'll have. That is not, that is not the, what we're saying here, but what we're saying is there is joy in walking in your purpose, even when it's hard. Like I didn't, I found so much joy in writing the book because I knew that I was walking in my purpose, not because the book has sold X number of copies or whatever. There was joy in writing because I knew I was in the will of God was writing so hard. Yes. Yes, it was. And was it everything that I thought it was? Nope. It was way harder than I thought it was going to be. However, there was still joy in that process. And I think if you keep that vision and that um, hope that hope for, for what's now isn't always going to be this way, but right now is still good. Yeah. Because if we don't ever have a good enough right now, there will always be a discontent that Jesus never wanted us to feel always that discontent, right? There is contentment. You can be content in, in a painful season. You can be content in, in a joyous season, but you can find it anywhere. If you're looking for, it, it doesn't just have to be like once the book is published and once, once this happens, but there's joy in being obedient. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, amen to that. Well, we, w- we really want to go into our soul scriptures for you guys. And we do these every single week. And these are scriptures that Kelsey have actually has actually personally picked um, and that have impacted her. And so if you guys want to take note of these, um, our first one is Psalm 94, 18 and 19. And it says, I cried out, I'm slipping, but your unfailing love, O Lord, supported me. When doubts filled my mind, your comfort gave me renewed hope and cheer.
1: Mm, I love this scripture so much. I feel like this is a very frequent conversation that happens (laughs) with me and Jesus saying, I'm slipping, like I'm slipping. And, and then he's just, just rest in me, just rest in me. And then it can just be 10 minutes. It can be five minute conversation, but that renewed hope of, are you trying to please man? Are you trying to please me? Mm. And I think that that is the renewed hope of no matter what my, what the blessings in heaven are going to look different than what people consider blessings here. And, but that doesn't give us a hall pass to be lazy or ineffective here on earth. Right. And so I think that, yes, I want to store treasures up in heaven, but I also want to be effective here on earth. And so Lord, renew me and give me that hope. And just knowing that sometimes I am, I'm slipping you guys. And if you're slipping too, then you know what it means? Just sometimes it just means you're going hard and that's okay, but he's there to renew you. You don't have to renew yourself. And just because you're slipping, it doesn't mean that you weren't supposed to try and step. It means that you're supposed to slip and try again and slip and try again and slip and try again. You just have to keep trying and he will renew your strength. That's not your responsibility.
0: And I this is kind of a little bit side topic, but I want to touch on this before we go into Second Timothy because it's kind of aligned. But we did a Bible study with our Within Her Soul group and we talked about the seven deadly sins, you know, and just kind of what, you know, they just broke them down into categories. Mm. One of them is sloth, which means laziness. And you have a quote in your Mm. book, and it's do you want to read it? Do you know it off the top of your head? Well, it's
1: hard, isn't the enemy, laziness is
0: yes. And I think you just quoted that. So it just reminds us that God does not call us to be lazy sometimes. And I know me and Kelsey have talked about this a lot too, just in our work life, but sometimes it's easy to be like, well, I'm just going to keep praying about it. 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 And somehow then five years have passed and we've been praying about the same dream God gave us five years ago. And it's just a reminder that like we are vessels, like we are made in like image and we are called to take action. Now, Be in wise counsel. Make sure you're doing things God's way and not your own way, because, and you'll know, you'll know right away which alignment you're in, which we'll go into this next week. But it just is a reminder that, you know, we are called to take action. And that is also what this book has helped me a lot through, is just reminding myself that. Yes, I'm called to be in prayer with him and be close to him so I can hear his voice better. But I'm also disobeying if I do not take action when I feel that he is literally yelling at me too. Yeah. Um, and I've learned that it has been more impactful on my character, on the people around me when I am in alignment of that. Yeah. And so, yeah, um, that leads us into second Timothy one, seven for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power Love and self-discipline.
1: I love this. The thing that stands out to me in this scripture is the spirit gives us power and love and self-discipline. We don't give ourselves that. And for me, I think I strained for a while thinking that I could give myself power and I could I would have enough love and I would have enough self discipline, right? But then it would be the cycle of I'm slipping. I'm slipping. I'm not enough. And it's just God reminding us that like his spirit is that, that gives us that power and the love and the self-discipline. It is not us that can do it on our own. It's his spirit. And so when we feel powerful, when we feel love, like overwhelmed in love, when we feel disciplined, it's because he's giving that to us. Right. And it's because we're in alignment with him. But when we feel like, out of alignment, we're going to feel snippy and irritated. And we're going to feel like we don't have control over anything. And we're going to feel like I, you know what? I don't, I don't feel like doing this and I'm going to give into my fleshly desires. And so it really is the spirit of God that gives us that. Um, and so I also think this was such a uh, important part of what I was going after in the book the bold life. The reason I wanted to call it bold is because we were called to be bold. Now I knew that there would be some people who would automatically write it off and be like, well, I'm just not bold enough. And it's almost just like people now in, in the way we talk about the word bold, we talk about it as if, as if it's a characteristic or something that you're born with and just part of your personality, but all of us are called to be bold. Bold doesn't mean boisterous. Bold doesn't mean that you have to be the loudest one in the room. Sometimes the loud, the the boldest thing you can do is to be quiet and to be silent, but there is so much that we get from, from God. And he calls us to be bold. He calls us to be bold in our faith. He calls us to be bold in our love and he calls us to be bold in our obedience. And, um, I know Jordan and I have talked about this before, how we all, our culture and social media and the way things are set up. Um, it's, it's such an amazing tool to have social media, but sometimes it uh, puts on a pedestal, the big act of obedience. So people can look at my social media and see, oh my gosh, she wrote a book and wow, that's so awesome. She just kind of made the decision to write a book. I mean, I did make the decision to write a book and I was obedient in that, but I had to make daily decisions of obedience to get the book completed because some in so many times in my life, I've made the, the big decision but I haven't supported it with the small ones. Right. So I made the decision, all right, I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna be lazy in the morning. I'm gonna get up early. Did I do the small acts of obedience to? Nope. I failed a lot at first. I didn't go to bed early enough, but I'm still working on. Okay. So pray for me in that, um, I, I didn't go to bed early enough. You know, I was, I was eating late. I was doing all, I wasn't setting myself up for success. And so the, that, those are the daily acts of obedience of I'm being obedient. And we don't often think of obedience as those small things as eating, right. As taking care of our bodies as, you know, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to be healthy. Okay. Those are daily acts of obedience. Those are daily dying to ourselves in our flesh. And so, um, Jordan's inspired me a lot on like the fasting and, and, and what that does for, for that. And I do think that we need to start celebrating those daily acts of obedience. Ones that aren't like this big trophy or this big thing that we can celebrate maybe in that way, but giving thanks to God for helping us in those obedient acts daily so that we can support the bigger decision that we made.
0: Yeah. And y'all I'm just like, I think God is so cool because it's funny. When I met Kelsey, I was just, I had just started this ministry with Sydney. And if you guys haven't been OGs and like when we announced within her soul and all this, our scripture that actually founded our ministry is Psalms 138. Three. And it's, In the day when I cried out, you answered me and made me bold Mm -hmm. with strength in my soul. And so when I started, uh, you know, working with Kelsey and, and getting to be on the sidelines of watching her launch this book, it was just so cool to see boldness through her as she's writing a book called The Bold Life. And it was also this different perspective of what me and Sid really wanted to help you guys with is knowing that God does not call you to be timid. He does not call you to sit down and feel anxiousness and scared of this life that we have. He's calling us to be bold in all things and also being bold in your weaknesses to be transparent, be loud about your faults. I know it's so hard we live in this world of perfection. If we could just be perfect, if we could just have all the things and have everyone perceive us as these perfect people, you think that's going to give you joy. But I will tell you, that is the one thing that is going to make you feel the most empty inside. And so being bold in your weaknesses and knowing that Jesus fills those spots in you. And so it's just really cool to have met Kelsey. And I've known Kelsey for years, but truly known her heart, seeing her heart, how it aligns with me and Sid's heart for this podcast. And so I just couldn't have imagined not having you on this podcast. And so we're going to go into our soul assignment and y'all Kelsey has a great one for you. I have one personally, y'all, you need to get the book by it's out literally right now. The link is in the bio, click the link, get it, make sure you get the bundle. So you'll, you'll want the, uh, ebook version and you'll also want the paperback, get them both. Um, because that way you can start reading it literally right now until your paperback copy gets in You are going to want to journal. You're going to want to, you know, be able to set this down and, you know, start your mornings off with this book. So it's going to be so, so good. But she also has a great assignment for you guys that I think is going to be super, super helpful. So if you want to share that with them.
1: Yes, go get the bold life. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it's out there. I literally feel naked, um, the naked and afraid. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, and naked and bold, but I do feel naked and vulnerable. Um, but I pray that you guys love it and that it impacts you in the way that Jesus wants it to. Um, so my soul assignment, I love that you guys give these action steps. I think it's so clever, is to challenge your belief. Okay, so I want you to pick a belief that needs to be challenged in your life. And you know that it needs to be challenged because it's not serving you. Okay. And I want you to ask three questions about this belief. Number one, is this thought true? Is this belief true? The second one is, is it true for me? And the third one is, is if it's true for me right now, does it always have to be true for me? Okay. Now, then you'll have, you'll have the bonus Jesus question, which is the fourth question. And that's, is this thought serving who I want to be and who's got, who God called me to be. Okay. Now, a lot of times, um, you know, we, you probably heard take every thought captive and it's so important to do that. Um, but we also need to think about what are we going to do when we hold it captive? Because sometimes it can sit there. It's like I'm going on a diet and you're like, okay, don't, don't eat any carbs. And what's the first thing you start craving donuts and bread and all the Jimmy John's and all the subway. Okay. Because you just want those. You just want that because your mind is set on that. And if I said, Hey, don't think about an elephant. What's the first thing that pops into your mind An elephant, right? And so we have to find something to replace that belief. That's not serving you. And so come up with a thought that would serve you. And even if it's not true right now in this moment, what are some steps that you can take to help that thought become true? Because I'm sure that you can take steps to almost have the evidence if we're going to be lawyers. Um, and, and I think it's important to gain evidence for that thought to become true. But right now we're just looking for the evidence for the other thought that's not serving us. And so let's look for evidence for a thought that would serve us. And so we can replace the one that's not. Um, and so I think it's just important to make sure that we have an action plan on one belief that's not serving you. So for me in the past, I'll give you an example. It's been, I'm just not a morning person. Okay. Okay. But in the Bible, even Jesus talks about like waking up early and Jesus set that example for us. And I know that that is something that I personally want to become better at and that I've worked on becoming better at. And I've tried to do it like practically and I read like all the books, like the 5 a.m. club and the miracle morning and all of these things. However, um, I I had to start praying about it and I had to start speaking. Okay. I'm becoming a morning person. I didn't just try to. Put this false thought that my brain would call kind of BS on, right? And be like, nope, I know that that's not true, and just switch it overnight. But I started to say, well, what are what could be things that would help me in serving this? Is that I'm becoming a morning person? I'm becoming, and so I'm not going to go from waking up at seven thirty to now waking up at five a.m. But maybe I just need to start setting it back fifteen minutes earlier, and I'm becoming a morning person. And all of a sudden, I'm. I'm looking at waking up at 630 every morning and I'm not to where I want to be, but that doesn't mean that I'm not better than I was. Wow. And so, um, that's just an example in my life that I've done this with. And that has been super helpful because I think I've always been like, I'm just a night owl. And that doesn't serve me because I am not productive at night. Okay. And it might serve you. And if that does, that's great. I'm just giving an example from mine is that that is something that I've been working on. So it could be something like that. It could be something with your health. It could be something with um what you feel like your relationship is with Jesus. Like I challenged one of my friends. She's like, it's almost like you have a direct line to Jesus. And I said, You have that same direct line if you would believe it. Yeah. And 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 I was like, You need to work on that thought because I'm not more anointed than you are. The God I serve does not play favorites. So yeah. he does not have like me. Oh, I just have a special connection. So that's it. No, I've just worked and put some time in and built a relationship with him. And so I think that those are all things that we can kind of challenge ourselves on, um, and making sure that the thought is helping you become who you want to be and who God called you to be.
0: Exactly. I was gonna, that's literally how I was going to wrap it up. I was going to say, you know, being able to understand the beliefs that you have, you can also see the beliefs that Satan's trying to deceive you with. Mm-hmm. And those are going to be the things that are stopping you by from living in God's will for your life. Remember what Kelsey said, he's patient. He loves you. He's not, he has not abandoned you in whatever it might think that you have been abandoned on. Um, But just know that all these seasons that you're living in, that you're like, Why is this my deck of cards? Why is this going the way that I, you know, I thought it was just know there's also, there's some, there are some facts around that, but there's also might be some beliefs that are not from God and that we need to really say, is this actually true? Is this actually what God's promises? Is this actually what, you know, I should be believing in. And once you start to do that, you're gonna see how we've been talking about in this whole episode that there's actually joy in the suffering. There really is. There's joy all around you. There you might not see it yet, but it's coming. And there is a good work that's going to be, you know, um being done in you in this moment right now. And so yeah. But anything else, Kelsey, that you want to share? You did absolutely amazing. I'm so Whoa. excited.
1: I'm so super pumped. The last thing I want to just leave with you guys is your past isn't your future. And so maybe you've come on here and you're like, I'm so screwed up. Like I listen, like I've been so disobedient. Maybe I was ignorantly disobedient. Or maybe I was blatantly disobedient, like in your face about it, Jesus, like, Nope, I know you call me this and I'm going to say no. And I'm going to be very blatant about it, but y- you are forgiven and you are redeemed and you can start this life that you on the path to this life that you never thought you could have right now today. And that doesn't mean that because you decide today that that's going to happen, that everything's going to be perfect from here on out. It just means that you're, you're always going to kind of get back on the track. Like, yep, I'm a little out of alignment. Okay. Let me get back. Okay. Yep. I'm a little out of alignment. Let me get back. Because if you think that Jordan and I are on here, because we've read our Bibles every single day for the last four years and we've highlighted and we've underlined the right scriptures and that we've never messed up, then you are sorely mistaken because I have royally screwed up in my life. I've royally screwed up this week. I've yelled at my kids too much. You know, there's, just been so many mistakes that I've made and pride taken over. I mean, I'm telling you, I am sinful. However, that does not displace my heart. And, and knowing that who I've been called to be, Satan wants you to think that that dilutes the love that God has for you. Yeah. But the reality is it doesn't. And no. his strength is made perfect within our weaknesses. Yeah. So um, I think I just want you guys all to just be encouraged that It's I'm not more anointed than you. Jordan is not more anointed than you. The call in our life isn't bigger or better than the call that's on your life. It really just goes back to you trusting in who God's called you to be and just living that out and knowing that some failures are going to happen, but you just get right back up.
0: Mm, That is so good. Well, I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I'm going to pray us out. Make sure you get the full life. It's in the bio. If you guys want to follow Kelsey, it'll also be linked in the bio. So I'm going to pray us out Kelsey. Dearly Father, Lord, we just thank you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your forgiveness and the love that you have for us and that you wash everything away in the minute that we we repent to you. And so, Lord, we just, we know we're sinful. We know that we can get into these seasons of life and we are just instantly discouraged, but we know there's peace in you and we know that there's calmness in you. And so Lord, I just pray over the woman listening today that does feel too far gone, that feels abandoned, that feels that this cannot be the season that she's in right now and she might feel lost. And Lord, I just ask that you intervene in her life today, right now in this moment, and just allow her to feel that peace that you have and that she knows that her calling and her purpose on her life is still here and that you are working good in her life and that you are close to her because we know that's the promise. And so Lord, I just thank you for this platform. Thank you for Kelsey and her obedience. Thank you for this book, the bold life that is going to give you all the glory and bring people closer to you and understand how to walk in abundance and walk in action and walk in your favor. Um, We love you and we thank you for all that you do for us, especially in the seasons that we just we might not understand. But we we lean on you and we trust that your will is good and that your your understanding is above ours. So we love you in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thanks for listening in this week. Just for hanging out with us, we want to give you a free gift. Go to withinhersoul.co slash freebie to grab your free quiet time template. This will be your guide during your alone time with Jesus. You'll journal your highs and lows, record your prayers, and you'll be able to express how you feel the Lord is speaking to you every time you spend time with Him. It's extremely helpful if you're needing some guidance on how to find a quiet time routine that works for you. And before you go, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't ever miss a new episode. You can also catch us at withinhersoul.co on Insta. We'd love for you to message us and let us know how we can pray for you. This is the Within Her Soul podcast. We can't wait to chat with you next week. See you then.